morning, everyone. How's it going? Hope you're doing well this morning. The last day. Today's the last day of the year, right? Yeah. No, it's not. Tomorrow is. And I've been every day this week, I've been thinking, oh, no. Now this is the last day of the year. It is the last day of the year. What am I thinking? Okay. Here we go. Last day of the year, December 31st. Last Thursday. Last. We don't even have 24 hours left, and 2020 will finally be over. I know for a lot of people, it's been a really, really rough uh, year, uh, but I I would challenge all of us to to think about the good things that have that have that this year has brought in our lives, uh, the lessons that we never would have learned otherwise, the uh, the perspective maybe that we were given. Uh, you know, hardships are necessary, and it's it's good for us to to take the take those into account and and learn and move forward and and worst case scenario if you didn't succeed this year in, in the areas you were trying to uh fail forward right just man falls seven times and gets back up again but that's that's the difference well this is our last this is our last day of the year last podcast of the year We've got a we've got a a ways to go on this chapter. We're not going to try to get through all of it today, but uh, where we left off last was uh, with Christian. He had entered into the house. Now he had a he had some discourse with uh, with discretion. He had spoken to the master of the house, uh, and he's. This house is a picture of the Church of Christ. It's a picture of the family of God. And yesterday we looked at the necessity of discretion, uh, being very having that spirit of discretion uh, when it comes to allowing people into the fold, if you will, into the into the family. And it's something that he says must be done very carefully. But once once you're in. There's a there's also some admonition of having those conversations to to the conversation that the family of God has is almost you could characterize it or should characterize it ninety nine percent about salvation about Christ that's that's basically and when it comes to the scriptures it wasn't always easy for me to understand this because I thought there was doctrines that were found in scriptures that had nothing to do with salvation and were not really that serious or they're kind of worth looking over to find the passages that do talk about salvation. And what I love about this book and and the journey that I've been on here for the past, uh, really heavily now for the past few months, is that this whole book is about salvation. I mean, there's really there's really no part of it that doesn't point to Christ. And any part that we look over or we don't take seriously, I think we do disservice to the gospel. So anyways, like I said, last time we left off, he's now in the, he's now in the house and he's speaking with these three uh, young ladies. Their, name is, their names are Prudence, Piety, and Charity. And so we'll pick up where we left off yesterday. So we have piety. Uh, she begins to speak 
to Christian. She says, come, good Christian. Since we have been so loving to you to receive you into our house this night, let us, if perhaps we may, better ourselves thereby, talk with you of all the things that have happened to you in your pilgrimage. With a very good will, replied Christian, and I am glad that you are so well disposed. Piety says, what moved you at first to betake yourself to a pilgrim's life? Christian says, I was driven out of my native country by a dreadful sound that was in my ears, to wit, that unavoidable destruction did attend me if I abode in that place where I was. But how did it happen that you came out of your country this way? It was as God would have it, for when I was under the fears of destruction, I did not know whither to go. But by chance there came a man, even to me as I was trembling and weeping, whose name is Evangelist, and he directed me to the wicked gate, which also I should never have found, and so set me into the way which had hath led me directly to this house. But did you not come by the house of the interpreter? Yes, and I did see such things there, the remembrance of which will stick with me as long as I live, especially three things, to wit, how Christ, in spite of Satan, maintains his work of grace in the heart, how the man had sent himself quite out of hopes of God's mercy, and also the dream of him who thought in his sleep the day of judgment was come. And Piety uh, asks, and she says, why, why did you hear him tell his dream? She says, oh, why? Did you hear him tell his dream? We have a note here from the author. He says, hope and fear should accompany us every step of our journey. Without true piety, there can be no real Christianity. The Lord shows us many things in our way concerning the cases of others to make us fear falling away while he displays the glory of his grace in keeping his saints to animate our hope in his power and trust his grace. Look unto Jesus. Oh, this is so great. Last night, as uh, we spent time with other believers around the Word of God, that was the that was the conclusion. Look unto Jesus. Just look to Him. And uh, wow, that is that's some very good some very good thoughts to to mule over and. And, and ponder, hope and fear should accompany us every step of the way. The Lord shows us many things concerning the case of others to make us fear falling away. The falling away is a real thing. It was something that I ignored for a long time and thought, no, this has got to be the Jews or not me or, or not, not today. But falling away is the are, are those professors who were never believers in the first place. They professed, but without fruit. And the master of the vineyard comes with this axe very soon. And in that day, there will be a great falling away. So Piety asks, asks him, why? Did you hear him tell his dream? Christian replies, yes, and a dreadful one it was, I thought. It made my heart ache as he was telling of it. But yet, I'm glad that I did hear it. Piety asked, was this all you saw at the house of the interpreter? 
No, he took me and he had me where he showed me a stately palace and how the people were clad in gold that were in it and how there came a venturous man and cut his way through the armed men that stood in the door to keep him out and how he was bid to come in and win glory. Methought those things did ravish my heart. I would have sta stayed at that good man's house a twelve months, but I knew that I had further to go. And what else saw you in the way? asked Piety. Saw? Why, I went but a little, little further, and I saw, as I thought in my mind, hang bleeding upon the tree. Oh, there we go. Why, I went but a little further, and I saw one, as I thought in my mind, hang bleeding upon the tree. And the very sight of him made the burden fall off my back. For I groaned under a heavy burden, but then it fell down from off me. It was a strange thing to me, for I had never saw such a thing before. Yea, and while I stood looking up, for then I could not forbear looking, three shining ones came to me. One of them testified that my sins were forgiven me. Another stripped me of my rags and gave me this broidered coat, which you see. And the third see the mark which set the mark which you see in my forehead and gave me this sealed roll. And with that, he plucked it out of his bosom. We have a note here from the author. He says, a blessed, a, a blessed scripture experience for what the Lord hath done for his soul. Quite necessary for everyone before admission into the church of Christ. For want of this, many who are joined prove of no profit to other souls and get no good to their own. A mere profession of Christ without an experience of his love, grace, and peace being sealed upon the heart by the Spirit, the Comforter, is nothing but empty speculation. Whew. Hmm. These are notes worth taking if, uh, if you gather with other believers. This is a... This admonition that he puts here is, is one that I know for me is is a heavy one, and one that I I know that I'll keep a lot of these notes and reference this a lot. But this is truth. Piety asks him and says, "But you saw more than this, did you not?" Christian says and replies, "The things that I have told you were the best. Yet some other matters I saw, as namely, I saw three men." Simple, sloth, and presumption lie asleep a little out of the way as I came, with irons upon their heels. But do you think I could awake them? I also saw formality and hypocrisy come tumbling over the wall to go as they pretended to Zion. Ooh. But they were quickly lost, even as I myself did tell them, but they would not believe. But above all, I found it hard work to get up this hill, and as hard to come by the lion's mouths. And truly, if it had not been for the good man, the porter that stands at the gate, I do not know but that after all I might have gone back again. But now I thank God I am here, and I thank you for receiving me. Then Prudence thought good to ask him a few questions and desired his answer to them. Prudence asked, Do you not think some time of the country from whence you came? Yes, but with much shame and dis detestation. Truly, if I had been mindful of that country from whence I came out of, I might have had opportunity to have returned. But now, 
I seek a better country, that is, a heavenly. Do you not yet bear away with some of the things that then you were conversant with all? Yes, but greatly against my will, especially my inward and carnal cogitations, with which all my countrymen as well as myself are delighted. But now all those things are my grief. And might I but choose mine own things, I would choose never to think of those things anymore. But when I would do a be doing a best of but when I would be a doing of that which is best, that which is worst is with me. We have a, a note from the author Prudence must be joined to piety. Christian prudence should be visible in every step of the Christian. For says Solomon in Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 12, I wisdom dwell with prudence. And in chapter 14 and verse 8, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. We have a note here. Uh, the note continues. He says, his path is peace and his end salvation. So this, these these pictures of piety and prudence aren't just they're not just nice names that he's given at people in the story these are <coughs> excuse me these are necessary these are necessary things in the life of a christian prudence asks well do you not find sometimes of this as if those things were vanquished which at other times are your perplexity and I might, if I can maybe give my understanding of this a little bit better, she's asking the things that you conquered. Do, do you find other times that you feel you haven't conquered them? And Christian replies, Yes, but that is seldom. No, as if those things were, as if those things were vanquished, which at other times are your perplexity. Yes, but that is but seldom. But they are to me golden hours in which such things happen to me. Can you remember by what means you find your annoyance, annoyances at times as, as if they were vanquished? He's like, man, it's not often that I have this victory, that I enjoy this victory over, uh, my, over the, my past life. He says it's seldom, but when I do, it, it's good. It's golden hours for me. And she asked, well, how do you, do you, do you know, uh, you remember how, that happens like how do you get to the point to where you live in this uh freedom and this and this liberty um and he replies and says yes when i think when i think what i saw at the cross that will do it then when i look at my broidered coat that will do it and when i look into the role that i carry in my bosom that will do it and my thoughts wax warm about whither i'm going that will do it. Those things, she's like, how do you, how do you have victory over all these old thoughts, and how do you have victory over the the prop, the old, the old man that uh, still bothers you? And he said, like, it's, it's not often, but when it is, it's a it's a it's a great thing. And she's like, well, how do you get to that point? How do you find these times of of relief, and he says, "When I think about what I saw at the cross, that causes my thoughts to be where they need to be." 
And then he says, when I look at my broidered coat, the righteous, which is that righteousness of Christ, he says, that'll do it. And then when I look at the role, the assurance, the assurance of my salvation, that will do it. And then when I think about where I'm going, when I when my thoughts just think about where I'm going one day, that will do it. And we have a note here from the author. He says, mind this, by believing his pardon by his blood, his justification by the righteousness of Christ, the free everlasting love of God to him, by the witness, the spirit, the wit, by the witness of his spirit, and the glory of heaven to which he is going. These are the things which strengthen the Christian's heart against all lust and corruptions. I think that's important to note here that. Uh, some people look at this journey of Christian or or hear someone begin to share their own testimony and think, oh, but uh, you're, you're still a sinner. Yes, yes, that is, that is the truth. That is the case. The difference is we, we look at, we, we look at that vision of the cross that we were given. Then we look at the righteousness that we were given. We look at the assurance that we were given. And we look at the, we think about where we are going one day. Those things are, uh, those, those things are, are what makes me have victory. That, that, that restores the joy of my salvation, if you will. Prudence uh, asks and says, what is it that makes you so desirous to go to Mount Zion? Christian replies and says, Where, why? There I hope to see him alive that I did see hang dead on the cross. And there, and there I hope to be rid of all those things that to this day are in me an annoyance. There they say there is no death. That's a reference to Isaiah 25 and verse 8, and Revelations 21 and verse 4. And there... I shall dwell with such company as I like best. For to tell you the truth, I love him because I was by him eased of my burden. And I am weary of my inward sickness. I would fain be where I shall die no more. And with the company that shall continually cry, Holy, holy, holy. We have a note here from the author. He says, A sight of Christ by faith begets longing of the soul to see him in glory. A sense of his pardoning love makes us long to be with him. A desire of being perfectly freed from the very being of sin ever accompanies a true and lively faith in him and manifests that we possess a most holy faith. And we have here a reference to uh, Jude chapter 20. I'm going to finish there. Uh, so there, we went through the discussion that he has with prudence and piety. And after this, he begins a discussion with Charity, who asks him about his family. Jude chapter 20. Jude 20. Let's see here. Jude 20. It is raining outside. It's so calming. There we go. No. 
John G. There we go. Jude 20. We have here uh, the end of the, of the chapter. Well, just one chapter, end of the book. He says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Uh, let's. I want to go ahead and look at the reference he made for the, the place that there's no more death. Revelations twenty one four. Uh, twenty one four says, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, neither crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things, are passed away. Mm. Man, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I hope that was encouraging. I hope uh, we've, we found something that was brought up in the past couple pages to be of help. I hope you all have a great. There we go. I hope you all have a great rest of the year. I hope that next year is a year of blessings, a year of growth, and a year that if you haven't found him that you would find him, but a year that your seek your seeking, your desire to seek him would just grow. And even if you are a believer, that you would just continue to seek him. Uh, we have a promise that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And for the for those who don't have for those who don't have the um, the peace for those who don't have the the joy yet your life isn't i'm not talking about happiness i'm not saying you're giddy all the time but the joy that only god can give if it's not there then uh don't lose faith it's it's in christ look to him seek him and he will save you he will save you and he would prefer for that day to be today but Wait on the Lord. He may want to do a work in you and test you before he saves you. Uh, for some reason, he did that with Cornelius, who was a who was a, a a good man and who seemed to seek God. He 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 lived. He thought he was a good man at least, and he sought God and he sought Him, and eventually God answered his prayers and came to him and heard, heard his prayers and sent somebody to preach. Th- uh, the truth to him. So keep that in mind. God God will answer your prayers. But just don't lose faith. The Bible says if you put your hand to the plow and turn back, you're not fit for the kingdom. And it's important to not forget those truths. Well, guys, I hope you all have a great day, great rest of your year. And uh, I hope we would just keep our minds on, on Christ. Y'all take care.